And we are back on another episode of The World According to Us. And in a return to a prior episode and topic of discussion from previous years, um, this particular episode is going to address the growing trend and, in my opinion, insanity of trying to justify the unfairness of transgender athletes playing in women's sports, whether it be at high school level, junior high, collegiately, professionally, or even at the Olympics. Um, It's a polarizing issue only for those who refuse to accept reality and want to believe whatever they want to believe in order to justify somebody else's feelings about something. Or they want to say that if you address the quote-unquote proverbial elephant in the room, you are somehow a phobic person or a biased or bigoted person or a hateful person who uh, doesn't want somebody else to be themselves or achieve whatever goals or aspirations they have, which couldn't be further from the truth if we were being real and honest and objective about the situation. Somebody's own personal I'm wanting to identify as something is exactly that personal does not mean that it's actual in reality what it is if somebody decides that they want to quote unquote change genders you can say that and you can have doctors co-sign that you can have family members co-sign that or whatever I don't think that it should be forced upon society though I don't think it should be forced upon women actual biological females who have to participate in sports where it's about competition and a level playing field for competition to be actually um, serving its purpose, which is determining who is the best or or the better athlete or the better team. Um, When you consider the fact that you're starting from an equal playing field, an equal base, meaning boys against boys, girls against girls. And I'm sorry for anybody who feels that there is um, some sort of evil in acknowledging the truth from since time memorial, since the creation of this world. But it is what it is. Now, if you happen to be a person who wants to be or is a transgender athlete, uh, you must understand that in order to avoid this conflict that's happening right now, um, what would be the best outcome or the best compromise Personally, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You need to have a a category of athletes that are transgender that are competing against transgender athletes. It is unfair and unrealistic to say that a biological male who has had a sex change or operation of genital mutilation is the equivalent of a biological female and should compete against them. And consider that a fair and equal uh, level playing field when it's not. Sorry, the truth is the truth. If you feel triggered by that, uh, feel triggered. We'll be right back after this short break.
and we are back after that short break. Now, moving right along, how did we get here? How did we get to this point in time where we are debating the fairness of sports and competition between the sexes? How do we get to this point where we've accepted and embraced confusion spreading throughout society and making everything more complicated than it needs to be? A lot of this controversy and division now we can see is because of a rejection of basic tenets and principles of the Bible. Whether you believe in the Bible or not, and you probably, for those of you who don't, and don't want to hear, please do yourself a favor then and log off or switch podcasts, listen to something else. Those of you who want to listen to reason and follow some logical trains of thought and what makes sense and what seems to be going on here, continue to listen. With that said, we know from creation that there's always been two sexes. Male, female. In the beginning, God created man in his own image, out of the dust of the earth. He created woman from man by taking one of man's ribs and forming a female. If you look in nature, you see there's always been two sexes, male and female, and they've been compatible. This is the foundation that we are operating from. But to attack that, because somebody feels that they are born into the wrong body or of the wrong sex, is a personal conundrum or struggle. And trying to force that as an agenda to everyone else to accept as if it's normal is not normal. I'm sorry. It's not. It's a personal issue, a personal struggle that needs to be prayed about and, you know, to be given consideration and empathy. But not to say that you can force that on everybody else because you don't accept how you were born. Now, the slippery slope of the trains of thought that we have, which have led us to this point, also go out in other tangents that will affect you in terms of political affiliations and groups and trains of thought. Think about how we have women's groups or feminists who advocate for quote-unquote equality, who say that women... So now they identify and recognize that there are distinct gender-specific differences in human beings. There are men, there are women, there are boys, there are girls. The blurring of the lines of saying, well, you can change if you don't like what you were into something else. Okay, you support that. But now feminists, do you advocate for in competition, knowing that the opposite sex is identifying as your sex and competing directly against you, knowing that they have all of these physical, inherently physical advantages, 
do you call that equality? Do you call that fair? Or do you call that a corruption and a perversion of what would be considered equitable and fair, which is same-sex females biologically born competing against each other and made the best woman or best girl win. In terms of politics, you see now we live in a day and age where you're censored for having an opinion that differs with this mainstream agenda or this leftist or whatever they want to call it, progressive or liberal agenda that is basically saying we will blur the lines of definitions of being able to define things and call things what they are so that it suits somebody else's emotional needs and feelings and in that same process punish those who oppose it by whatever you want to call it today what is it cancel culture or threats of um, boycotts or shutting down somebody's business or attacking them or bullying them on social media anything to get them to go along with something that they know the people are mainstream and most people are against or oppose it's really fascinating and and a crazy and interesting time to be alive to see all of this unfold but it's not to be unexpected because we were told that in the last days a lot of these things would be happening and they're all coming to pass so again when I reference biblical principles where we ask the question how did we get here we got here because there's a departure from listening to and obeying the word of God even some of the greatest um, what do you want to call them social scientists or political scientists or great thinkers or philosophers have stated that Mankind will approximate in equal proportion the miseries associated with departing from the basic principles and tenets of the Bible by despising or rejecting the God, you know, the word of God. These are the results of that confusion, anger, violence, you know what I mean? Um, just anything that is clearly unrighteous and unholy. That's what you have. And it's being promoted and pushed on the masses and directly targeting the children, the youth these days. Where you can see there's a, a, a concerted effort to indoctrinate the, the minds of the youth and get them at an age where they don't even understand these concepts and these things and get them to believe in an ideology that is surely going to lead to their own destruction and all sorts of social and, and mental issues and problems societally. None of us is perfect. I'll be the first one to admit that and say that, including myself. I have my flaws, my weaknesses, my vulnerabilities, but I am also able to accept that I'm flawed and recognize truth when I see it, when I hear it and know that even if I'm in flawed thinking or in an opposite 
uh, way or doing things that are not right, that I can recognize it when I'm called out, when I'm criticized for it, when it's against the word of God. Even if you struggle with those things, does not mean that you don't have the ability to recognize it and call it out and say, you know what? Yeah, I know that I'm doing something wrong and it is wrong. That's not what God wanted me to do. That's not what God has for me. And I should not be promoting that. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people who probably feel the same way, but they're conscripted and they're for the way they would try to maybe address it or avoid it because they don't want to draw attention to themselves. They don't want that scrutiny. They don't want that smoke. They don't want people coming after them and, and pointing the finger or saying you're judgmental or you're you're a hypocrite or you're this or you're that because it's not easy. It's not easy to live a righteous life. It's not easy to forsake sins and pleasures and wanting to fit in with the crowd. It's not easy to stand up and say, hey, even though the whole world is going in this direction and saying, hey, this is fine and blah, blah, blah. And here's some accolades. Here's some awards. Here's some money. That's not right. When you know that it's not right, it's hard for a lot of people to stand up against that. That peer pressure is no joke. But that's what separates those who are called of God from those who are living for the world. And it's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. So every day, we as God's chosen, we have to fight that good fight, carry our cross, deny ourselves, go to him in prayer, and ask for his guidance of what we should be doing and what he wants us to do. So, getting back onto the main issue of this particular episode, is transgender athleticism and competition against biological females, is that fair or foul? In my opinion, it's unfair. On its face, you can tell that it's wrong. Everybody who has a pair of eyes who are actually not blind and can see recognize it when you look at competition the disparity in strength speed stamina most cases height ability physical prowess it's in in some cases it's not even close like you don't see and this is something that should jump out at a lot of people who are advocates of transgender athletes competing against uh, biological females I won't say it in the reverse because it's actually the opposite. You don't see, quote-unquote, female-to-male transgender athletes dominating uh, biological male sports. That's not even up for debate. It's proven overwhelmingly. You might have an anomaly here and there where that could happen, but it's... It's so far out there as an outlier. We already know that the answer is not that they're going to dominate. But if you take a biological male, and even if you remove his testicles and his penis and put him on hormone therapy, when he competes against a a biological female, he still has that advantage. Bone density, bone structure, muscle mass, skeletal frame, lungs, all right, the ability to take in more oxygen, the ability to uh, withstand certain physical rigors better, even st- uh, long-term stamina. Now, women might have, you know, in certain regards, 
more endurance for certain things. And in other cases, they might not. You can take a look at tennis, for example. Professional women's tennis. They play the best of three sets, including Grand Slams. Professional men's tennis. They play the best of five sets in Grand Slams. There are other tournaments where they play the best of three sets, but by and large, women are not able to play a grueling full schedule, full season, where they're going to play the same amount of sets as men. They get worn down too quick. And if you watch even the greatest tennis players in the world, including Serena Williams and Venus Williams, her sister, both are multi-Grand Slam winners. They themselves would not play full out full seasons because they know the rigors will wear your bodies down and, and basically deprive you of longevity in your career. Whereas men, there's no excuse made for them. Everybody knows they're bigger, they're stronger, they're more durable. The game is totally different. They hit the ball harder, they move faster. So you don't see them saying or advocating for women to play against men in professional tennis or any other sports because they know the competitive advantage is so wide, the gap. It's ridiculous. And just for us to even be having this argument about it makes it um, even more ridiculous to me that we have to actually sit down and discuss this with people because they're not willing to accept reality. Um... Identify as how you want to. But just because you choose to identify something, that does not mean that that changes what reality is. You can identify as a couch. You can identify as a table. I would like to identify as a trillionaire. Doesn't mean that I actually am one. You see? If we don't have boundaries and define things, then everything becomes chaos and is open to interpretation and can be whatever somebody claims and then it will have dire consequences on society as a whole. Lawlessness, disregard for basic principles of truth are being substituted with lies and accommodation and feelings And that has been a great detriment and disservice to, I believe, all of us as mankind. Where are we headed if we don't stand up for truth, if we don't stand up for what's right? We'll answer that on the other side of this next break. Be right back. back after that brief break so to answer the question where are we headed if we reject basic truth and principles we're headed to a dark place we're headed to basically hell where there is no right or wrong there's just whatever you want to be going on chaos anarchy Lawlessness, darkness, violence, anything basically that is the opposite of good. That's what we're that's where we'll be headed. Because you will argue that anything can be anything, and how dare anybody feel any way different, 
um, you're targeting, you're uh, whatever phobic. You see all these different labels that are used to short circuit critical thinking get thrown out there. Now, I want to take for one moment an example that I saw where you had an all girls basketball team in high school that had a game against an opponent, opposing school, who had a quote unquote self identifying transgender girl on the opposing team that was much taller than the other girls had facial hair and clearly was stronger and was basically physically dominating and injuring some of the girls from the opposing team and we have to ask the question how did we get here why did they even allow this kid to play against girls knowing but I guess the answer in that is because we're in a time period now where you can be sued or you can be labeled as you know transphobic or anti this anti that and get canceled and have you know all of this backlash and be called discriminatory if you don't allow them to identify as what they want to identify as and then compete And it was interesting because I was looking at comments um, about this particular story. And one comment jumped out at me that it made me chuckle at first, but it actually goes to the mindset, the logic that's being employed here. And it said that basically, if this person who's commenting was the actual coach of the opposing team that saw that their opponent had this transgender athlete on their team to play against these biological girls what the coach would do would be to <laughs> this is cracking me up already he would call all the boys from the the males basketball team and tell them that they now are to identify as girls and play against the opposing <laughs> opposing team now you see, this would solve what exactly? Would that show them the insanity of what they're doing and what they're promoting? The destruction of women's sports? Or making it a farce? And then, what would be the reaction of the transgender athlete that was having all that fun dominating these biological girls? Would he now in turn feel how they feel having a whole bunch of guys dominate and destroy his him and his team I mean excuse me her and her team another example there was a situation I believe it was last year with a quote unquote transgender power lifter guy was a, a male uh, maybe crossfit or power lifter or bodybuilder whatever um, and Went, underwent the gender transition to become a, a quote-unquote transgender uh, powerlifting female and was crushing the bench press records. Set a new record. To show the logical fallacy and insanity of allowing that to stand as a record, knowing that this was a biological man who now 
has quote-unquote transitioned and is now crushing female uh, intended records in that particular field. A biological powerlifter male who had not undergone the gender, sex change operations, whatever, just simply said to the governing body at this event, I identify as a female, and they allowed him to enter and compete as a quote-unquote female. And he crushes the record of the transgender bodybuilder slash powerlifter that was, you know, just previously set. And they went and they asked the opinion of the transgender athlete, and that person was highly upset and offended and said, that's ridiculous. They should not allow this man, who's clearly a man, to say he identifies as a woman and compete, and now he's defeated and broken my record. Listen to what I just said. Play that back in your mind. A biological man enters into a female-only competition, has identified as a female, has, I think, undergone the sexual organ removal surgery, trans, you know, transition surgery, and competes against biological women and destroys, demolishes their records in bench pressing. Is sitting at the top of the, the heap and is proud to be there. Biological male sees that, does not undergo transition surgery, but says, I identify as a female. In my mind, that's how I see it. I'm in the wrong body, but I identify as a female. I'm not doing transition surgery, but I still identify as a female. Enters, is allowed to enter and compete, and demolishes this other transgender's record. Now the transgender athlete is upset because she's no longer, excuse me, quote unquote, she or they are no longer the record holder in women's competition and is upset about that. Why are you upset? What is wrong with what he did? Because it's exactly what you're doing to biological females. Is that fair or is that foul? The list can go on and on. We know the answer, but we're refusing to accept it because we're afraid of hurting somebody else's feelings instead of being honest, instead of shedding the truth and the light in the situation and accepting things as they are, accepting and embracing reality. This is where we are. And what's What's more disturbing and troubling about it is we're now taking that and pushing that doctrine indoctrination onto young, impressionable minds at ages that they are not able to fully comprehend and understand the consequences and the, the impacts of that on their lives in the future when they grow up and get to a, a mature state of mind to understand and handle these uh, concepts and principles. Now, biblically speaking, there's a very serious warning about this sort of indoctrination of the children. And I'm going to take a brief break and I'm going to come back with the actual verse and recite it for you. But to paraphrase it before I do that, basically it says that it would be better for 
whoever it is that would go after or to target the children, which are precious to God, to have a millstone tied around their neck and be drowned in the ocean, than to, for them to have to face God and his wrath for them doing what they're doing to these children. Now, I'm going to take this brief break. I'm going to get the actual Bible verse and I'll be right back. Stay tuned. And we are back after that brief break. And with a little research, I found the verse that I was looking for. Now, I'm going to read several of these verses in context and the order from the chapter so that um, we get the full context of what's happening here. So bear with me. The particular verse that I was referencing is from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 6. But I'm going to start with chapter 18, verse 1, and read from 1 to 6. So this is book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 1 through 6. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Now that was actually through chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 7. The verse in particular that I was referencing in the previous segment was verse 6. Verse 7 is the utter warning that follows after that initial warning from verse 6. So I'll read those last two again. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Verse 7. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Now, what do we see going on with the agenda pushes that we see today? What do we see when it comes to the children? And this is not to say that, you know, you you can be um, hateful or anti-drag queens or drag shows and all of that stuff. It has its place in this time, as my dad said to me many years ago and many times over. He would always say, Stephen, there's a time and a place for everything. Now, 
I am wholeheartedly in agreement with that statement. The drag shows has its time and its place. Do I believe that its time and its place is in a classroom with impressionable minds that are three, four, five, six, seven years old? No, I do not. Those type of things are for adult entertainment purposes and adult entertainment purposes only, in my opinion. Trying to normalize having drag queens around little children, little boys, little girls, and showing them things that they should not be showing them, or claiming that you're reading them nursery rhymes and full-on drag outfits and costumes, to me, I think is ludicrous and an offense. And so, for me personally, whether you agree or not, for me personally, the Bible verse I just read references this particular action, in my opinion, that's going on. There's going to be a serious penalty and consequence for what a lot of these people are doing, especially to the children. It's one thing if you're an adult, you have a full adult brain developed and you choose what you want to do. It's a whole nother thing to indoctrinate and to try to corrupt or poison the minds of innocent children to go along with an agenda that they may not even or don't even understand or want to be a part of, but it's being normalized and conditioned in their upbringing in order to get them to repopulate or or continue um, a population of people that have or share a certain particular uh, lifestyle or belief. Again, this is not to be hateful. This is just to speak honestly and openly. There's what man says and there's what God says. And regardless of where you stand on the subject, there's a choice to be made. You're going to stand with God or you're going to stand with man. Knowing full well that we're all flawed. I said it already. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But we have individual lives and choices to make. Where do you stand? Do you stand with God and what he says? Or do you stand with man and the world and what they say and what they want to do? That's all it comes down to. Simple as that. So, congratulations to any of you who've been listening to this podcast, listening to this particular episode, and have made it to the end here. You are probably one of the few that this will reach or who have had the gumption and the intestinal fortitude to actually listen all the way through, even if you don't agree with everything that has been shared here. That's what makes America so great. That's what makes this world go round. We don't always have to agree, but we can be respectful and hear different perspectives and viewpoints, at least for now. While we have this this fleeting and, you know, dwindling semblance of freedom still existing here in America. On that note, I want to say thank you to the subscribers. Thank you to the listeners. If you like this podcast, if you like this episode, I invite you to like, share, subscribe. Till the next one. This has been your man, your host, Steve Jobber for the world according to us. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Stay prayed up. Critically think. Stay vigilant. 
Take care.